Cyril. What a beauty! G'day, community. Welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lechdog, and I am joined by two people this week who have both uh, been okay at Supercoach. It's been an alright year. Patch, you first. You've been alright. No, I was alright this week. It's the first time I've been alright in six years. But hey, broken clocks, right? Once every six years or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. I was I was good. I'm going to revel in it. I'm going to I'm going to enjoy my time in the sun because it's going to be another six years before I score a score that's worth talking about so i'm good i'm uh, how are you how are you like dog i'm all right people don't want to hear about me patch before i i don't know if this video will go up or not if i'll lose my will to live before i edit it but uh why is your nickname nick larky mega fan for those that playing at home oh I, no reason there's, there's, i'd no, like you to tell us the no, reason though. There's, there's no reason no 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 reason certainly not that i i captained him in a in a dynasty keeper league over the weekend thinking he might kick 10 against hawthorne and that cost me uh, potentially a you know a game against the top four challenger, but no, that wouldn't be the reason. Well, it's I don't not know like why. you have anyone else that's captain worthy in that team anyway. No, no, no one else. It's certainly not no. Tom Green or or Dylan Moore or um, Toby Nankervis or any. No, no one, no one pumped out a captain worthy score, so it didn't didn't cost me much really. Love it. And Damo, you're also joining us from WA, mate. Uh, one of the unlucky ones from the weekend. How are you feeling? What's going on in uh, WA life? Oh, you know, uh, my team is just finding new and unusual ways to torture me. <laughs> what was this week's way to torture you? Oh, uh, you know, Darcy Cameron and then Luke Davies Uniac and then ah! sorry, Finn, and then Finn Callahan scoring a what thirty-seven or whatever it was, and then and then my and, and then my and then Rory Laird only deciding that he only wanted to play the final quarter, so I was stressing about my captain and. Marcus Bontempelli couldn't f- hit a target to save his life against the Brisbane Lions. and ugh. You know what's funny, Demo? You and I had a discussion during the round because I took Jack McRae's 114 and you said you didn't think that was enough for a captaincy score and Rory Laird scored 114. But you know what, Demo? I had far less stress getting my 114 captain. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, I wasn't going to take Bontempelli's 89. Exactly. Um uh, Clayton Oliver, very good game, Patch. I know you had him as Ooh, captain. Yes, I, 114 was not enough for captain. I prefer 156. I thought that uh, he was going to lose money at round three and he was a bad pick. I, that's what a lot of people were saying and a lot of I don't know what those people were thinking or doing because I, 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 don't, I don't know. Yes, I'm aware we're we're literally jinxing him right now. But Oh, yeah. God, he's just awesome to watch. Uh, Popular trade-ins from last week. I'm just giving some headline news before we get stuck into actual details. People who traded Nick Dacos probably won't be disappointed. He was better than than Sam Doherty, who I traded from to him. From to him. Don't understand that. I traded traded Doherty to Dacos. Keep up, AK. Very good. And Sheasel owners, those who waited a couple of weeks to jump on Sheasel, 120 points. Kid is a beast. Is he going to win the Rising Star over Will Ashcroft? 
I don't know. I mean, he's he's very good. I've actually got the vice captaincy on him for Good Friday. Oh, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. Uh, look, we had some injuries and stuff. I just want to quickly touch on the LDU thing. All my thoughts are in a video on Twitter. I think you all need to go and watch it. I might even pin it to my profile right now. I don't think we need to blame anyone for servers being issues and stuff. I think that's the risk we take with playing a game with another 150,000 people who all want to change their team at once. Uh, but also, don't leave your comments in the comments. Go to my Twitter, watch my video, get my full thoughts, and then come back to me. On the bright side, it meant that I was able to get Oscar Baker's 95 off my bench. So 95 is better than nothing. No, 95 is great. 95 is fantastic. 95 is the score that in round one, if Oscar Baker had it, people would have traded in a zero to get him. Uh, Cam McKenzie, also good. All right, guys, let's talk uh, football stuff. Let's talk super coach. Let's talk injuries first. Recording this at 8.30 Australian standard time, Eastern standard time, whatever it is. Whatever we are now. Whatever we are, the, the clocks have moved and I don't and I've lost all sense of direction. Darcy Cameron, I traded him in last week. He pumped out an eighty-nine before going off injured. He's probably the biggest talking point this week because the ruck line, again, for the second year running, is a little bit of a merry-go-round, and Rowan Marshall's been really disappointing as well. So people are looking to make moves in the ruck, gentlemen. That's less of a merry-go-round and more of a sad go-round. <laughs> What is there an actual? I wonder if there's an actual thing that's the opposite of a merry-go-round. I just said it. It's a sad go-round. Sad, sad, still square down. Uh, It's it's not a fun time. Anyway, so the the obvious candidate to move Darcy Cameron to, if you have money, uh, Tim English scored 139 on the weekend, averaging 137.3. He's quite good. He's quite injury prone. Damo, is do you English? Yes, no. Uh, uh, what what do what well, do, what sir? I, I mean, like most people who have DCAM are now struggling to work out who to trade him to because he was at an awkward price to begin with, and he's only gone up by what thirty k or so. And there's not a lot of ruckmen who are doing that great around that price. So now, if you go to English, and English does get injured, at least he's at a price where you at where if you need to go to someone else, you actually might save money and there will be more options for you. So, and they seem to be managing him quite well by, you know, giving him rests and they brought Rory Lobb in who is, you know, just as useless as ever, but he, he, at least he can actually back him up in the ruck and leave, you know, Norton and Jamari, Eugle Hagen and all that in the forward line. So I think, if you can get to him without like tearing apart your team and making yourself look dumb in the process, then yeah, I would do it. But I mean, th- there's other options out there like that are um, slightly cheaper. Like dog, you like other options? I do. You know, I'm not going to spend over six hundred thousand dollars on a ruckman. That's madness. Actually, I was thinking about this today. Like, you know how you have a rule where you try not to spend more than five hundred and fifty k in the de- in defense. Yep, and in forward, I try not to spend more than 520. Yep, continue. We There's got to be a rule for the ruck line now. I feel like there's got to be a rule for the ruck line now. Honestly, I almost want the rule to be I'm not going to spend less than 550k on a ruckman because whenever I do, they break and they're bad and they stink. 
the benefit of picking an expensive ruckman is that when they get injured, you can trade them down. So the the irony of all this is that all preseason from day one, I said I was going to play Riley O'Brien in my ruck, got drunk, trained him to Max Gorn, 140 points. Loved that. Zero points next week. Hated that. Went back to D-Cam, and now he's injured. If I just picked Riley O'Brien, I probably could have fixed some other issues with my team. Um, look, Tim English, uh, for the same reasons that I don't, want to pick any other Bulldogs, and I already have too many in my team. I don't want to pick Tim English because, although Bevo does seem to be playing him as a Ruckman, which is a real benefit for him. But, look, I'll say this. If you can afford him, get him. If you can afford Jared Witt, get him. They're both going to be, I would say, the two highest averaging Ruckman this year. I don't know if they're going to be the two highest scoring Ruckman, but they're going to be the two highest averaging Ruckman this year. But we've got other options, right? And the number one one that everyone's talking about is Brady Grundy. 143 on the weekend. Uh, no Max Gorn for the next, well, could be five weeks. If you ask Geelong, could be four days. But he went at one point, he's going at one, uh, went at 1.5 points per minute. 143 points was really solid. Helps when you got a, a midfield like that. And he's only 509K. So he, what do you guys think about Rory Grundy? He seems like the simplest trade, but it feels like we're just delaying our problems for another few weeks if we if we pick he, him up. He also plays West Coast this week, who uh, have Callum Jamison, I think, rucking for them with um, what's his name, Bailey uh, Jake, Williams, Jake Waterman chopping him out. It's Bailey Williams. Bailey Williams. Sorry. I don't know who any of those players. I can't keep. I can't keep up but, with. I'm, I mean, West Coast are going to have about 15 fit players on the weekend, so Melbourne might just turn up and go. Eh, can we just have the win anyway, and then leave? Yeah, I. He, he'll I score. Think Melbourne might get the win anyway. I even. think they will. They'll, he'll score a billion points this weekend. But as you said, like it kind of kicks the can down the road in that we saw him in round one score. What? Not a lot. Seventy or something was it? Uh, to, to kick the season less than open. 140 less than 143 he didn't do great uh last week where even after gorn went down he still scored the 74 69 in round one correction um so, so i i don't know i don't i don't love it i would rather there's a bunch of them sitting in the 550k bracket who i'd feel far more yeah. comfortable with uh you look at sean darcy 538 his putrid score in round two i think was just an aberration you just kind of Every now and again, you're just going to have crap scores. I'm not too concerned. Um, I think he's reasonably safe. Riley O'Brien, who you've spoken about all preseason. And I quite like Toby Nankervis, who we kept saying, oh, he was the third third best ruck last year overall for total points, and he's third again this year for total points. Doesn't miss a lot of games here and there, but, um, you know, 28, the number one ruck roll at Richmond. He's kind of my pick at this stage. If you don't have the cash for English, he's 553K, averaging 118. I don't know. I just think he's neat. You still do need 60K to get to him. Break even 75, so he's set to go up in price again, as you said. Look, he's a logical choice. Uh, He's in only 1.8% of teams right now, which is attractive in in its own way. Having said that, if it backfires, it hurts. Riley O'Brien I like as well. I just want to go through the rucks demo. Rowan Marshall was a must-pick, and he's the seventh-ranked ruck for total points right now. Yeah, I, I still think he's going to be an okay pick in the end. He's probably one that we have to be a little bit more patient with. We have to remember he hasn't been the number one Ruckman for a few years now. So so the responsibility is still – he's still warming up to it. He's, he's going to be a very good Ruckman, but we also have to remember in round one he came up against Sean Darcy, who is very good at, at negating his opponent, and it was Rowan Marshall – 
against Darcy and Jackson. And then in round two, when he scored well, he was against Western Bulldogs. So he did quite well up against Tim, Tim English. And it seems like those both of those guys just went head to head and it was, you know, just the, just, just the way it goes. And in round three against Essendon, Sam Draper would have done what he did to Jared Witts the week before and just run him up and down the ground and make him tired as hell. Mm, that's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. Do you have any names to throw in this mix, Damon? There's one name I know we've all avoided saying. Is it Matt Flynn? It is Matt Flynn. Uh, because Braden Proust is out for two months with a back injury. Colour me surprised. Honestly, you could have Bruce just spun the wheel of just things that are wrong with Braden Proust and any, like, 20-week suspension. Is he, like, deceased? Like, on a, just really, who knows what's happening with that man. Remember when we, the first time in JRL we spun the wheel of injury and Harry Mackay was suspended for life for doping? That yep. Might be a life highlight. Matty Flynn, we know he's a high ceiling player, scores of 88, 132 and 96 this week. Did all right against the duo of Pitonet and Tom DeConning on the weekend. He's one that's just never quite broken out, but... Has we've certainly seen him have the opportunity to in the past. Uh, he's let me bring up his numbers. Averaged eighty-seven across twelve games in that first year, twenty twenty-one. Eighty-four across twelve games in two thousand and twenty-two, and he's averaging one hundred and five from his first three here. I don't know who else is even contending. I don't think they're playing Briggs as a ruckman anymore in the reserves, from what I could tell. So it's kind of Flynn or bust. And. I think that Flynn was going to be the number one Ruckman anyway. Like the way that Adam Kingsley has put this team together, it, he seems to like Flynn going into the Ruck and then pushing forward. So he he's an option and you actually save money going from you D-Camp do. to him. And he's got a break even of 51. And he's com- he is coming up against Essendon, which might be a tough game to score in. I guess what I'm asking you, boys, is because th- there's Tim English and Jared Witts. Let's say they're – let's do the tier thing again. They're S tier. You just – if you can afford them, do it. But I'm not dislandling my team to pick them. I also am a cheapskate. So my next tier, guys, is that Nank, Riley O'Brien, which are fun. Well, they're fine. They're not fun. They're fine. But Matty Flynn and Brody Grundy, they're fun. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to go with it. If I do end up with Matt Flynn, someone slap me. Yeah, it's. We. I don't think we've really answered the question there for anyone knowing who to trade to. But I. It's, no, we I have. It's Tim English or Jared Witt. Stop well, being dumb. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, at least if they break, you can pick another player next week without breaking the without breaking the bank. Uh, other injuries, gentlemen, which we should quickly cover off on. I'm hoping everyone who listens to our content has already had already moved him on, but Campbell Chester went down with an injury on Sunday. I hadn't. Yeah. You should have. Oh, I should have done a lot of things, Lake Dog. I had far more important things to do than, than move on Campbell Chester last week, That's unfortunately. True. That's fair. Well, um, for those who do own him, though, unfortunately... He is a trade. I mean, you can use him a loophole, but I still think we have enough guys on the bubble to move him on. I mean, the entire West Coast playing list is out injured with it in Cripps, Shuey, McGovern. I don't think anyone has them, but they're all dead. 
Is there any other major injuries to come out of the weekend, gentlemen, that you uh, that you noticed? I don't know if it's an injury out of the weekend, but it has been revealed today that Sam Doherty actually had an interrupted preseason because he had to get something cut out of a part of his body that was potentially going to restart his cancer or something. Mm. So, so he's playing, which is remarkable, but it would explain his slow start and potentially means that we means that there is uh there is the chance that we do need to move him on even if it is some sort of Bruin maneuver. Yeah, I look I don't think that it's affected him in terms of like he still found the ball 39 times on the weekend. He just makes bad decisions sometimes. And don't we he, all uh, really aren't all of us Sam Doherty in one way or another? <laughs> He he's he's just he's kind of doing what Cripps does, and he clears the area. He just clears the area, clears the ball out of the area without really regarding where it's actually going. So his issue is not finding the ball. His issue is bloody what he does with it. So, and I don't think what I will say is I don't think it's going to improve as they push him more into the midfield, which I do think they're going to start doing. I actually think it's going to continue down the same path. So I'm not against trading him. But I don't think that that's the reason that it's impacting him. But God bless him. Oh, he's such a beautiful man. He is. And then injury news that affects Clarkie and Clarkie only. Mason Wood uh, has a shoulder injury. Clarkie uh, yes. threw up the idea of selecting him uh, because he'd scored well and been good. Um, I don't think anyone else in the universe had. But to Clarkie, don't pick Mason Wood. Um, he's actually still a chance to play this weekend as per the St. Kilda injury report. Don't pick Mason Wood. <laughs> Sam Flanders injured, so those who are still holding on. Well, actually, I'm not sure if he was injured, but I know he was subbed out. Uh, okay, apparently he did a knee, played on, and was subbed off early in the third quarter. Thank you, fan footy. Uh, so he scored 26. If you owned him, you have to move him on. Hopefully you didn't own him out there. And I haven't seen too many other super coach relevant injuries, gentlemen. No, Jacob Hopper is apparently supposed to be maybe back this week. Um, which is nice for people that have held him, nice for people that we had Oscar Baker cover for him. Um, we briefly touched on it before. Uh, uh, Stewart came back after um, oh, the opposite God. of injury news. Well, it's still injury news, but he's come in. They were supposed to miss four weeks, came back and scored 178, was it? Before we talk about Stewart, should, should we talk about Kmart Stewart? Which is Nick Haynes? Who? Nick Nick Haynes, your boy. Have yeah. you traded him in? I have. I, 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 I want to sell him to the community. All right, all right, go. Three hundred and fifty-seven k has mm-hmm. a break-even of seven. Mm-hmm. Eighty-five, eighty-nine, ninety-four to start the season. Uh huh. Good little cash grab. Continues to average ninety-ish. He will. He will max out at four ninety k. Interesting. What what is he back to playing the role that he was playing when he scored well? It appears that way, yeah. But Jack Buckley is also playing that same role, so hey. it's, so it's like opposite sides of the ground. Well, Jack Buckley scored more than him, and I I mocked Jack Buckley as a selection you a did. couple of weeks ago. Patch, and you did. He, he scored ninety nine again. He he did score ninety nine again. Um, will he do it a third time in a row? A fourth time in a row? Uh, I don't think so. Well, what did he score? 99, 99, and what? 76. 76, 80-ish, yeah. Yeah. 
So I don't. Uh, I think he'll go back to seventy six. Let's not talk about Jack Buckley. But Nick Haynes is interesting because he's kind of done it before, right? Once. Yes, that's my where my issue comes. <laughs> I liked your other suggestion, of Liam Baker, more to be honest, Demo, because at least he can swing forward. I like Liam Baker, but he he hasn't done it before. No. I look, I don't know. I don't know what to make of GWS. That was an awful, awful game. Nick Haynes, they have used him a bit more uh, than they have the last couple of years, but it's such an awkward price. Who are you going down to him or who are you going up to him? I saw uh, Crazy Frog suggesting we could trade in, this is a forward, but Sam Petrovsky Seaton at 250K, which is madness. He is called Crazy Frog, so he can do that, but... Where, like, in what circumstance, Demo, are we targeting a 250 to 350k player heading into round four? Like, are we going down from someone or are we going up from someone? What do it, you think? So, the way, so if I go down to Haynes, I can go decam up to English. And, it, and, and it's a matter of Doherty down and, and decam up. Patch, I'll let you respond. I think you've said all that needs to be said to that idea. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. know. I, I, I love you, It'll probably work. This might be Brayshaw Breakout all over again, but I'm not going to sit here. You, community, if this sounds like a good idea to you, by all means, follow Damo's advice. It scares the hell out of me. I, I like where your brain's going, Damo. I, I think it's a fun idea, but I I'm, just... I'm looking for cash generation because because my team isn't doing it at the moment. Cash gen is necessary. It's a good it point. It is. It is. I and so he's got a low break even, and a, the low break even is sexy. It is. It is sexy. Speaking of low break evens, I'm bringing in a, a sexy low break even in that two fifty ish k range this week. Like Dog Joel Amadi, the Amadi party. It's uh, it's on. It's happening. Two twenty three k in the forward line. Yeah. Scored one hundred and twenty two <laughs> from fifty percent time on ground in round one. Scored seventy eight this week. Um, and tell me, I'm an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> Nothing good can come for that. I'd rather you pick Sam Petrisky's seat, bro. Come on. I, I don't know. See, that, see, it... My issue with, with with Joel Amadi is the Swans got smashed. Who usually is the first player out when the Swans get smashed? Joel Amadi. Because they're not going to drop Lance Franklin. They're not going to drop Logan McDonald. Who's they're coming gonna... in, though? Who are they bringing in as a, as a tall forward? Ben Reid's still injured. Aaron Francis. And... I, I don't know, but... He I played just, well. I watched that game. He played well. Yeah, he did. He, he did, did good stuff. It, he did. It, it just feels like John Longmire doesn't really like Joel Amati that much. Yeah, but I what like Joel. Is, I like Joel Amati. Uh, key forward, chop out rock. Right. I key like forward. Joel Amati. Yeah, I love a key okay. forward. Maybe I'll yeah, captain maybe. him this week. I don't know. <laughs> Fight me, Joel Amati, mega fan over here. <laughs> Nick Larky, buddy, captain choice. Jesus Christ. Oh. Uh, we love uh, we love guys, fantasy what, football. Uh, uh, let's just keep talking, Josh Kent. Uh, to cash in. I just did want to touch on. I hate Geelong. Tom Stewart break even one sixty one. Uh, he's coming off a one sixty seven. He should still be kind of affordable next week. Uh, but we kind of wanted him to be more affordable. But anyway, let's keep talking cash gen because you're right. It's all about cash gen. It's still about cash gen. It's about value. Do you have any other crazy names before you let me drop one, gentlemen? No, go on. You've, you, time for you to have some fun. Pick a stupid name. Uh, well, no, I'm, this isn't a stupid one. I just want to talk about him because Will Day appears to be uh, stolen James Warple's uh, mojo. I Did James Warple ever have mojo? 
Maybe in twenty nine, maybe twenty eighteen. That one year, he won the best and fairest. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Probably not. But Will Day, one thirty nine on the weekend, backed it up. I think he had a ninety nine the week before. He did. Check. Yep, he had a ninety eight and a sixty. He has a break even of negative six. So we've missed his first big cash rise, but I, I, I like did. his role at the moment. Yeah, he's playing halfback and in the midfield. He's getting lots of centre bounces, getting a bit of a run on the wing. Um, they don't have anyone else, and you know he's not hugely well built. He's not a big bodied midfielder, but they're really giving him a run. He's you know been huge for them, and uh, I, I didn't miss his first price rise, like dog. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jaden Hunt. What do you think? Like you didn't want you just you didn't want me to go to Jaden Hunt. I wanted Damo's opinion on Jaden. No, Hunt. okay. Well, Damo can. I've spoken to Damo about Jaden Hunt already this week. Um, I, I'm game, interested. 56, 98, 98, break even of negative nine. Just truly a defender. Truly a horrible, horrible option. But what if Damo? What if he's not? He hasn't done it before though. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. It's better than Jack Bowes, who people are trading in, and they shouldn't, by the way. Jack Bowes, 61 on the weekend, break even, negative 10. He finished on 61. Day. He was on 22 points at halftime. Yeah, it's a Christmas miracle that he got to 61. Do not trade in Jack Bowes. That's my leg dog lock of the week. I like Jaden Hunt for what it's worth, leg dog. Okay. He seems like what a nice man. Right. I've got another one. I've got another crazy name. Break even of negative seven. Mm-hmm. 273K. Adam Tomlinson. <laughs> he didn't even play last week, did he? 101 and 63 in rounds one and two. He just needs to come back for round four and he's golden. All right. We've gone off this the is, deep this end is, here. This is a Community, if you're listening at home, the reason this has happened, apart from the fact that we're recording essentially at 10 p.m. at night because, you know, uh, I've got jet lag from the clocks changing, is because round four, is, other than fixing injuries, is probably not a round where we need to make a whole lot of trades. All of your cash gen, all of your rookies, unless you have zeros, unless you have rookies that aren't playing, if you've got a Charlie Constable, for instance, and he doesn't get added back into that Gold Coast team, you can move him on. Because all of your rookies are now mid-cast gen, they've just kicked off their cast gen journey, there's not a lot of moves to be made. Basically, you're jumping off underperforming primos or underperforming mid-prices this week, and that's why we're giving you these goddamn crazy options. Yeah, so we'll speak briefly about the guys that aren't performing. We spoke about Sam Doherty. Some of the mid-prices haven't quite done the job. James Warple, you mentioned before, Finn Callahan had 37 on the weekend. There are a few of these guys that just aren't quite doing what we want them to do. This is still still time to trade them out in that they're they're underperforming, they're losing cash. Um, are, are they some of the guys you'd be looking at moving on this week, Lake Dog? There, or are you you're trying to hold yeah, for these? Sure. For sure. It, for me, this week, if you are doing something, it's about correcting these. The guys who really need to perform well pretty much every week to continue their cash gen because they're at that elevated price. So James Warple scores, I think he scores 45 this week, that's going to affect his next two price additional price runs, which is not ideal. Now, he could come out next week. His break-even still achievable, break-even of 50. He could come out and score 100, and it pushes that break-even back down again. But you watch his role. He still had plenty of the ball, butchered it like he always does. 
he's a quantity player. He's probably someone you can move on and comfortably feel like he's probably not going to burn you. Yeah, it no. becomes more difficult patch slash demo when we look at guys like Sam Doherty, break even 166, Jack Sinclair, break even 154. Uh, who's another guy that's a good example? You, you get Daniel Rich, not that anyone has him, but break even of 123. The, it gets far more difficult with these guys because these are guys that I'm now going to be targeting over the next few weeks. So if you've got underperforming mid-prices, you can move off and there's not a whole lot of risk. You move off these primos, I'm picking them up in three weeks. Are you going to trade them back in or are you just going to say, I'm never having Sam Doherty in my team again? What, what are you guys' general attitude towards jumping off underperforming premiums at this point? Uh, it depends on what I'm bringing in, I guess. Um, now, with Doherty, it was a chance to get Dacos in and make upgrades around the ground with that extra You did that before the price rises, right? I did, yes. So um, that, it's a new situation. It is. Now we're locked in. You've had a loss if you've got one of these underperforming premiums. You've yeah. probably already had a cash loss. So yeah, I'm taking Are we out. doubling down? Uh, no. Like, I've got Zach Merritt, who I kind of looked at and went, oh, could, couldn't, you know, had... 80-ish in round one, scored 92 this week, had a decent round two with 120-something. I'm, I'm holding him because I don't want to trade him back in later down the line. I think he'll still be good long-term. I, You know, the role's still there. It's just Essendon a crap. So that's, you know, I, I'm holding in, in most situations. Um, I'm certainly not going from like a Doherty to a Stewart or, or something along those lines. I, I think, actually, no, I would. Would I? I don't know. I I think you hold most of them. I think you hold most of them. Um, it's kind of you know, Doherty. I I'd be happy to move on. You've you've taken a small loss there, but I think you know you, you can. Damo, please start talking. I'm I'm running myself around. Yeah, Damo, you're often pretty aggressive. What do you, what do you think? I I I agree that these are the players that we will eventually want in our teams. But when it comes to somewhere like the ruck line where people have gone considerably cheaper because they don't want to spend up, you you do have to make concessions somewhere to find the cash. So underperforming premiums like Sam Doherty is where I have cut to sort of to sort of bolster up my my ruck line but other people won't have that luxury of an underperforming primo to fix their ruck line so it's all about how much cash cash they have in the bank so when it comes to dishing off a premium that isn't performing you have to ask yourself why aren't they performing look at their role look at their disposal efficiency look at their contested Sorry, look at their contested possessions. Look look at all of everything that is encompassing that player and that team and where that team is, how the team is performing before you decide to move them on. For, for me, the reason it was Doherty ahead of someone else is because he doesn't seem to have the role that we thought he would have that would give him all the points that we thought he would generate. Whereas someone like a Marcus Bontempelli who scored 89 on the weekend, he had the role. He was getting his hands on the ball. He just wasn't using it right. It, any other day, he, he might have scored 140. On the uh, flip side, Jack McRae scored 114, and I did not think he had the role, um, which is frightening. He's one that's very heavily in the firing line for me. But, yeah. Um, on the flip side, um looking at some of the rookies this week. So there's kind of only, I think there's only the one 
on the bubble in that traditional rookie price rise. In Harry Rouston, who scored 40-odd and 50-odd, looks fine. I think we'll get better, but I certainly don't think is a must-have. So the other one um, is Will Phillips, 158k. Uh, was a sub for round one, came on early, did pretty well, scored 78, um, 78 round three, was dropped for round two. Um, what do we think, gentlemen? Uh, Simkin comes back into this side, which from serving a suspension, so let's wait and see if Will Phillips is even selected. And Luke Davis-Uniac could also be fit as well. It sounds like he only missed the Hawthorne game by, like, the like. It was literally like, hey, my calf still kind of feels corked. And Clarko was like, yeah, don't play then. I'm relatively comfortable skipping Will Phillips, to be honest. I know like he has scoring capability. He does tick all the boxes. At 158K at this stage, with knowing the players that have to come back into that team, I'm probably okay with missing him. I'd probably almost rather, even though he's got a lower scoring profile, go Harry Rouston, Rouston at 139K. Looked okay against Carlton, scored 55 points. I think he'll get better for it. I also think he's got, well, he'll get dropped now, but I think he's got more likelihood to stick around in that team. The other guys on the bubble, I'll just quickly mention them because there are a couple. Samson Ryan scored 27 on the weekend. Tyler Young scored 102K defender for Richmond, scored 52, which is nice. Can't imagine he sticks around forever. He also scored 52 with barely touching the ball. And I think... They are it. Oh, except our boy, Darahek Joyce, ah. got 48 points. So they're the main ones. But, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably steering clear of Will Phillips, and Harry Rouston's probably my target this week. Yeah, if you... Awkward price, though. Yeah, it depends on who you're trading out. Would you trade, like, a Warple or someone all the way down um, to someone like Rouston? I haven't considered my personal trades, but for sure that's something I'd consider. So... Yeah. Rouston's projected to jump up 26k this week by Supercoach. I think Warple's projected to jump up like I don't know 10k or something like that. It wasn't it wasn't heaps when I checked. So it's about maximizing value. And in in the instance if someone is running James Warple on their field, I'm going to guess that they have something like an Ollie Hollands or a Baker or a McKenzie on the bench. Currently, they're scoring as much as James Warple, basically. Yeah. Damo, if you've missed, let's say you're like me and we're dumb and missed Cade Chandler, and you're like, oh, he won't, he won't, he won't play, and he, you know, won't be any good when Cozzy's back. Scored ninety on the weekend, break even still of negative forty two. Anthony Community has had one price rise, break even of negative fifty. Um, Noah Long likewise negative thirty eight, risen sixty k, but still got plenty more to make. Is it too late to jump on some of these guys? Do we need to jump on any of these guys, or has the ship sailed and you just kind of let it sail out of the out of the harbour and you wait for Jacob Fandry and Tyler Brockman, um, wait another week for you know maybe Bodie Yulin to come back. More rookies are coming. That's the one thing that people need to remember. If you miss out on one, another will come along. And yes, cash generation is a big thing of, about Supercoach, but if you miss one player, another player is always going to come along. It's just a matter of whether you're in a position to pick them up or not. Kate, Kate Chandler, at this point, he's above 200K now. You've probably missed the boat. Who are, you, who are you trading to Kate Chandler? Are you, is that who you move James Warple to? I don't know if, like, how, how does that work? Do you, Does that mean you have to move a Josh Dunkley into your midfield to pick him up in your forward line? It's it's a it's a difficult one. Yeah, yeah. and those, 
it's a lot easier to jump on premiums when they've fallen in price because you know their history of scoring. We've seen three games of Kate Chandler this year where he's scored well. Like he scored uh, 93, 71, 90. That's really good. But he's also, I know he's been in the system a little while. It's not his first team, blah, 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 blah. But I'm far less, I don't want to spend one trade, which is what the equivalent of, I don't know, 50, 100 grand, because we're, we're trading him in and we're trading him out. He's not going to be a keeper by the end of the year. Is his 60K he's going to make over the next two weeks worth two trades? Probably not at this point. I feel like we've missed the boat on him. Left field one for you guys. So we, we know all the West Coast injuries is going to open up opportunities for their rookies. Elijah Hewitt is now technically on the bubble ah. and he has a break even of 49. He is 148K, so he might drop in price slightly to begin with. But if he has a, but he's probably going to be inserted into that midfield with no Hewitt. There's going to be no Jamie Cripps up forward. There's going to be all. There's going to be holes all around the ground for him to slot himself into. Is he an option, or is he someone who we can have another look at in a full game of football? That's a great question, Damo. I'm just yeah. pulling him up now. I think we probably have another look at him. I've seen bits of him in his first two games. Looks a bit shaky. Looks, you know, he's an 18 year old kid. I'm not going to knock him for, um, you know, for not setting the world on fire in his first two games. But from a super coach perspective, I, I haven't been sold on on his output yet in terms of generating that cash. Maybe he is, but I, as you said, I think we get another week to look at him with a break even of 49. I yeah, I I would rather wait a week. And then even if yeah. that means getting him at 160K, then sure, if he proves me wrong. But I'd... And he might not even hit his break even. like he, he might only score 45 and then you get him cheaper next week. That's the one thing about these debutante subs. Matt Johnson's another one, scores, comes on, scores 24 points. His debut, we're basically delaying cash gen by a week with these guys. So we can probably wait till that third game has been completed to jump on them. I I think Matthew Johnson will get a full game this week. Heath Chapman is going to miss with a calf injury. So I'm going to assume that Matthew Johnson comes in, Ethan Hughes shuffles down back, and we see a full game from Johnson, and we get to see how that's going to work out and how, what his scoring is going to be like. But 24 points uh, in, what, in 36 minutes is, is, is pretty good. We like that. Uh, Luke Peddler owners as well. He'll miss this week. That doesn't necessarily mean he's a trade but you could certainly use it as justification. Is there anything anything else we want to touch on, gentlemen, before we wrap this old girl up? No, I think I, I think generally the yeah, the advice would be to hold fire if you can, because you know, we'll we'll quickly hit upgrade season where we do have to start making them uh, making these trades pretty frequently. If you can hold off for a week, give yourself some breathing room on the trade front, then yeah, that's probably probably the way to do it. Um, fix zeros. Yeah, that's fix, what we should fix, be doing. Zeros, fixing zeros. Fix Darcy Cameron. Have fix a nap. those rookies that are sitting on your bench that aren't playing. Fix them. 